Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-fans talk about controversial and noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. So, Daryl came to us and said, I want to see Robin die a lot. And we decided we're going to apply him. I, I didn't episode. say I want to see him die a lot. I said, I've seen an article about how there's a lot of covers with Robin just dead on it. I want to know what's up with that. So if you ever what's up uh, with <coughs> what, uh, what's the deal with Robin dying? There you go. Why is he back next issue? It makes no sense. <laughs> well, so that's what I actually when you guys told me we were doing this, I was like, this is all the times Robin died, and now after reading them, I'm like, fuck comics, like <laughs> they're all it's false so, advertising. It's so false. It's like why I would be I, see if I was reading this, if I had picked this up in the store and they they tell me Robin dies and then it's like a fake out every time, I would just rip up the comic. Like fuck you. <laughs> But we're doing this because it works, this false advertising. Because yes. I'm like, does Robin really die here? It got us to fucking do this episode. So there, DC smart, we dumb. No, I'm quitting the show, okay? So you're you're dumb. You're, you're the capitalist, Phil. You should love this shit. Like, it's <laughs> Doesn't mean I like false advertising. Okay, so we are going to be covering five issues spread for, between the years of 1963 and 1971. This is a good uh, teaser for our Patreon, by the way, because every other month we do like survey stories which is like big fake out cover dumb yes. interior so yeah. so now one thing i mean there's not really much backstory to give it's just like robin dying <laughs> there will be some backstory because some of these stories are important yes. in comic history some so, of these stories end up mattering yes. in comic book history in the halls of comic book history <laughs> and it's, it's very appropriate we did this after graham morrison because yes. you mock it but graham morrison picks up on some of these cues the first one we're doing is one of the big inspirations to Grant Morrison's Batman run. Robin dies at dawn from Batman 156. This was an yes. inspiration. I just want to give a general, like, to hook readers' interest. We have one issue with Robin dead and Batman's thinking he's dead. Robin is dead. He sacrificed himself for me on this alien world. And there's all, like, these tentacles and, like, craters that <laughs> and are he is, smoking. And he's crying. Yeah, he's crying. Yeah, yes. We have another issue with Batman running in an alleyway. It goes, oh, my God, I killed Robin. And Robin's <laughs> Corpses on the ground. We have another issue with Batman throwing Robin off of a lighthouse, saying, Down you go, Robin. From now on, I work alone. We have another issue, my favorite cover Batman shining a light as he opens a door to like a castle and goes, Robin, oh no, not again, as it shows Robin's a hanged corpse. And the title is, How many ways can Robin die? And then the last one is just Batman looking at Robin as his face turns to dust and he goes, Robin, what's happening to you? And the dust falls through his hands. Yeah, Robin doesn't feel so good. All of these have really anguished Batman faces too. Yeah. He's just yes. except the one where he's pushing Robin off the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> so the the one thing this is gonna be like very like One thing I have to say before we get started. Comic is... book lore inertia. But so even though this the first issue, Batman 156, comes out in 1963, which is very much like peak DC Silver Age, it's still kind of in this weird middle ground of golden Silver Age because Batman doesn't really start in the Silver Age until Julie Schwartz takes over. And we've talked about Julie Schwartz extensively on the Patreon. I don't know if we have on the main episode, but he's the one that made Batman, and I use the term very loosely, but more realistic, where he was fighting more crooks like the joker and the riddler and less like aliens and dimensional imps and stuff as so the as the batman like tv show was airing yes uh, the comics were pushing more towards a darker batman 
Yes. Oh, so it, it like grounded him into like he fights psychopaths yeah. rather than extraterrestrial. Yeah. Okay. Whereas this issue, even though it's 1963, it's still before Julie Schwartz took over the Batman books, and it's written by Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldoff. And Bill Finger is one of the co-creators of Batman, and had he's been on the cre- books. He's never credited as it, but he's well, he is now. Oh, he's. You know, I actually yeah. like I was listening to trivia podcast, and that question came up about a co-creator of Batman, and I'm like, it's something. Finger, I think. <laughs> it's Little Finger, right? <laughs> yeah. But so it's it's written by Bill Finger, who had been on Batman since the first issue, you know, Detective Twenty Seven, and Sheldon Moldoff, who's a big Golden Age artist as well. Bill Finger's the reason why Batman has a cowl instead of a domino mask like Robin. And yes. Like you mm. create like Two Face, like a lot of characters are based off. Bill Commissioner Finger's. Gordon too, right? Yeah, like yeah. a lot of characters based off, but like for ages, only Bob Kane, the writer, got the credit, not the yeah. artist. Yeah. Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldoff also. Uh, helped create the golden age flash green lantern hawkman hawk girl ace the bat hound batmite zebra man <laughs> poison ivy so you started strong and you just plummeted <laughs> i know <laughs> but so sheldon moldoff like so this is a real golden age tone because it's still mm. very like it's more like a 1950s batman style and tone even though and when i say golden age you know, like late golden age so he's not fighting like corruption he's fighting like weird sci-fi concepts but not to like the giant typewriter adam west camp level so yeah it's like this weird middle ground that it's like kind of golden agey kind of silver agey not that that matters to anybody but me <laughs> yeah so uh, we're talking about him getting more silver agey it opens with him flying through space batman flying through space <laughs> landing on an alien planet and he doesn't yes. remember how he got there, but he says, I never felt so alone in my life. And as he's walking through this strange, these strange alien ruins, a plant comes alive and starts grabbing him. And he's like, if only Robin were here to help me. Robin, where are you? Robin, Robin. <laughs> I love that he's on an alien planet. It's like, better call for Robin. But, well, it's a good thing he did because Robin comes out saying, I'll get you free. With, yeah. with the, the most advanced alien weapon, a shovel. Yeah. And this is this is all like golden age dialogue to a Batman. Like when he gets grabbed, he's like, "Great Scott!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is this is also like dialogue too, where every scene Batman's going to describe what he's doing or what the alien's doing. Where he's like, "It has its uh, tentacle around me." Oh, yes. the tendrils have relaxed their grip when Robin hit it with the shovel. <laughs> it is. It's like unbearable. It is they, they really make, unbearable. They have to make those pages, guys. They have some odd pages tell the story. They gotta rush it. <laughs> Time is money, friends. All right, so Robin frees Batman by bonking the plant with a shovel, and like, oh, we gotta get out of this. We got, we gotta get out of here, uh, Robin. So to walk off. Wait, no. This is my one of my favorite parts. Is he asks Robin, "How did you get here?" And he's like, "We can't talk right now. Run." And then hours later, they still haven't talked about it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like a, a really pressing thing? Like, how the fuck are you on this alien planet with me? Where are we? I kind of get the, do you guys get like Rick and Morty vibes from this issue where it's just like, we're stranded on this alien planet and like, nobody's telling anybody anything and it just seems like Robin's like fucking with Batman the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to have an established universe where like they do this. Yes, yes. That's the thing is like. Actually, perfect sense why that that happens. I know. Uh, um, (laughs) Perfect sense. Uh, so uh, they're walking on this alien planet for hours without discussing well, their situation mm-hmm. until they come across a four-armed statue that comes alive and it's starts... It's not just a statue. It's this huge, huge statue. It's like yeah. stories and stories told. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Batman decides to swing across a, a chasm using a tree... It, starts to, it gets up and starts yeah. to chase them. Yeah, so he uses a, a, a tree next to a chasm to swing over. Yeah, and then he's like, look, the footing on this side's really soft and loose, so the giant can't follow us. And then look, look at that crafty grin. He suspects our ruse. 
I love that. The, the statue's like, ha ha, like, I will not fall for this. He doesn't say that, but it's like, wh- yeah, what? Yeah, it's smart enough to be like, oh, I know that footing's not safe. I, I gotta be careful. I gotta look after my health. <laughs> and then, so Robin goes to provoke it to a fit of rage, and he's like, come on, big lug, don't stop to think. Come after us, you piece of shit. And then, come on, a, big boy, I'm still waiting for you. In a blind, unreasoning fury. Like, this statue is so mad at Robin taunting him. He just runs across and throw, tries to throw up like a boulder and falls. Yeah, and if a boulder uh, hits Robin as he as it bonks him on the head and he dies. Yeah, so Robin Robin's dead, and the, the giant falls down the chasm. This is my favorite part of the issue because I'm like, this is this is the kind of death that would happen to most people. Yes, yeah, so like, you just get hit by something and fucking die. Yeah, like <laughs> Robin's just a fucking kid. Like, well, yeah, he hits a boulder. It's big as his body. Yeah. yeah. So Batman buries uh, Robin on this alien planet. Later then, on this hostile alien world, a mound of stones become Robin's crypt, Robin's final resting place. Yeah. This is page six. <laughs> this book gets fucked right away. <laughs> yeah, so Batman starts walking away, burdened by... It's like a desert, basically. One thing by- we didn't mention is that he keeps saying throughout the whole thing, I can feel people are watching me. Eyes with human intelligence. They're always watching me, and he can't find them. And he's like, "Where? why are you watching me? Yeah, so he's like, come on, you bastards. And all of a sudden, like an alien comes out with big glowing eyes. So it looks like a red, like a salamander creature with gigantic eyes. And Batman has a death wish. He's like, and he's like, let it come. I don't want to live. It's my fault. Robin died. I don't want to live. Yeah. And then it turns out the whole thing was a hallucination. It cuts to a panel of Batman just on the floor of a laboratory <laughs> with like this machine on his chest and like wires going to his head. And he's just going, let it come. I don't want to live. And there's just a guy watching him from the doorway. He's had enough. Get him out of there. Yeah, so it was an experiment to like test like how astronauts would feel. I like- have no idea what this is. Yeah, that's what, when I was reading this, I'm like, what does this have to do with astronauts going to space? This doesn't test anything. <laughs> so apparently the chamber duplicates no. conditions an astronaut, mi- an astronaut might undergo if he found himself alone on such a space flight. Yeah. So it's like a sensory deprivation room, yes. but it's not. It's a regular it's room not. with windows. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like if, if this was supposed to test like space madness or something, but what it tests is what if an astronaut landed on an alien planet? and Even though the art doesn't match this, the doctor explains, the unnamed doctor, is that he is put in pure isolation and oh, his see. mind latches onto his undying loneliness and creates these hallucinations. After like, one day of being lonely? <laughs> Batman is It might is be a couple so days. He has lonely. some stubble in this drawing. <laughs> but they say, I left you with a note to be given after two days. So he's been there two days. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe not. Because he does say, I've yeah. been coming there every day to look at Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after two days, Robin got a note, and Robin's been coming every day to check on Batman. Well, I love to his day, he's not, like, put in a seat. He's just, like, left on the floor for all this <laughs> in In his bat outfit. Which is very dangerous. Like, he probably, like, hurt himself. And also, I, I love the idea. Batman has enough goddamn free time. He's signing up for stress <laughs> tests for NASA. <laughs> for, like, weeks at a time to be like, what's isolation do to you? We always talk about how Superman and Batman should use their powers to be donating to charity all the time. <laughs> yeah. so this is him doing. Like, I'm going to use my fucking wherever. Any, anyone can be a guinea pig like this. Well, but Batman yeah, many... is is like the peak of humanity. Yeah, like this is like astronauts are the very people that, that can match uh, the physical peak of an astronaut. Physical, physical. So like Batman is oh, one I of the few, few people that. And can he has a that. steel no, will. Batman's yeah. got shit to do. He shouldn't be signing up for research tests. One of my favorite things is they do say you've made a great contribution to space medicine. Yeah, and that just sounds like <laughs> when you're just like, uh, yeah, it's a uh, space medicine. <laughs> yeah. So you think that that's where, like, the issue might end there, but there's a whole second part to this. Yeah, this, so this is one one issue, but this is 
Back then, the Soviet Union had multiple stories in one, one issue. And it seems like, and this will be like the length of a regular issue. Uh, the doctor tells him, Oh, you're, you're free to go, Batman, but be careful. Like, uh, I, I just I hope there's no side effects yeah, from this like weird trauma we put you through. <laughs> yeah, and then it says, Continue chapter two. So, and, and so it's a twist is. This story has two parts in this, what usually will be a one-part uh, story within a greater mythology issue. So, Robin, Robin dies at dawn, uh, chapter two. Uh, <laughs> opens with Batman and Robin <laughs> riding Batmobile to Acme Loan Company. Seeing a bunch of gorillas robbing the place. And one thing I want to point out is... <laughs> Not a bunch of gorillas, they... the gorilla gang. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so the twist is the guys wearing gorilla suits. I mean, that's, I don't think that's a twist. That's, that's, that's a, a twist. Because he says, I see gorillas. And, yeah. then, uh, and then Robin's like... That must be the gorilla gang. Batman thinks they're gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> and also, one thing I want to point out is they reference this earlier story where uh, Robin solved a case about the villain Ant Man. This is yeah. after Ant Man showed up in Marvel, so DC was just like, "Yeah, we also have an Ant Man." <laughs> yeah, that, that He's a villain in our story. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think in DC they also had a Doctor Strange too. <laughs> he uh, beats his wife Doctor Hugo in our Strange. story. Yeah, they had Doctor they had Strange before, but they also had like something else. Like yeah, they 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 they, 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 they like, the, the Scarecrow is both in Marvel and DC as well. Like there's, yes, there's lots yes. of weird like that. But Scarecrow is like a thing. Ant Man yeah. is a little more specific. Well, it's an ant, that's a man. It's a hyphen. It's different. <laughs> it's a hyphen. That's okay, that so holds anyway, up in they're court. beating up they're, they're beating up these this gorilla gang on the roof. But they start escaping on um... steel girder. It's like a cane, a crane. Yeah, a crane hanging onto it. But then Batman will crash after them. But the crane. In his mind, in Batman's mind, she's into the giant that killed Robin, the stone giant. And Batman jumps at Robin saying, no, Robin, no! And he he pushes him off a ledge of this building. Yeah, in real life, uh, in Batman's mind, he he thinks he's saving Robin, but in reality, he's pushing him off a ledge. (laughs) He's pushing him off a roof. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and uh, then uh, Batman recovers and manages to save both of them by grabbing the, the ledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "Oh, I'm still a sugar Robin. Sorry." And he goes back home to Alfred and Ace the Bat Hound. Ace Don't forget, I love and, yeah. that this was a thing. I didn't know he was the thing. <laughs> Nor did I. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh, I never knew Batman had a dog." And then wait, later, when the dog dons the like the mask over its head, I'm like, "Of course, of course." Because yes. you know, you're always identifying like specific dogs. You need a mask. You always bring your pet into violent situations. <laughs> You trust your dog, you know, like yeah. Mad Max. People, I, mean, I feel like people... more people bring their dogs into violent situations than their kids, like Robin. Yeah, yeah. if Batman brings a fucking a kid, <laughs> he's going to bring his dog. But so Batman starts having night terrors where he matches uh, t- uh, tentacles wrapping around him. Help, Robin, help! And Robin and Alfred give him Ace to sleep with so he can calm down a bit. Best part of the story of this chapter, too. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Batman is going up the next day. Uh, next night, Batman's going up patrol. Robin's like, are you sure it's a good idea? And he's like, no, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm good. Toxic masculinity can't can't admit that he's having problems and difficulties with yeah, his mental health. But when he gets there, uh, the gorilla gang starts escaping in the car uh, from Gotham Trucking Co. And uh, the lights turn into... I love this part. The lights turn into that, that, that giant salamander creature with the big eyes. And Batman, and Batman starts screaming, I don't want to live. It's my fault, Robin died. I don't want to live. Let so he be. just lays down in front of the car about to get run over. Yeah, so the gorilla gang sees Batman come up saying, I'm Batman. And I'm sorry. He falls on the floor saying, please kill me. I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. Kill me. But, uh, but Robin comes in and yanks the wheel before he can run over Batman. Mm. And in the process, they smash their car into a barrel of camphor flakes. Yes. I don't know what that is, but, you know, it's... Nor do I. It's important to the plot. Uh, So, the gorilla gang gets away, and Batman, next day, Batman's like, I gotta retire as Batman. I can't uh, have hallucinations where I'm afraid you're dying. 
It's fucking and, you up. And this is when I realized, oh, we could have also done an episode on like how many times Batman's retired on the cover, where he's like, I'm oh, hanging there's up the so cover. many. There yeah. are so many. Yeah, we could do that for Spider-Man too. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so the next night, Robin's like, I'm gonna go out on patrol. Now it's the Robin time to shine. Bye, Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he goes to the doctor where that Batman had his experiment. He has, he has, does a secret to see, like, learn more about the condition. And this doctor says, oh, uh, Batman needs some treatment. He needs some time to recover from his trauma. And yeah, he says he will need treatment. So you're like, okay, yes. Robin's got to bring him back. But then Batman gets a call on the Batmobile's two-way radio. And it's Commissioner Gordon. And he's like, uh, Gorilla Gang learned of the appointment that Robin had with the <laughs> professor and overcame him and took him prisoner. <laughs> And now they've sentenced him to death at dawn. They're going to send him out of this world for good. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and Robin died before he died at dawn as well. Uh, so yeah. now Robin's going to die for dawn at dawn. And, real, and real. so six panels later, after swearing off superheroism, he puts the cowl back on. He's like, well, I guess I got to go out there. But how is he going to find them? Oh, wait. Since they ran over camphor flakes, <laughs> I, I can use the smell, but I can't do it by myself. But a dog's keen sense of smell could. So, yeah. Okay, bat hound, let's go. So he just aces the bat hound to smell, uh, get the camphor flake smell. And, and that lures him to uh, where... This, this is the most, like, because you're like, they're going to send him out of this world. Okay, they're just going to, like, shoot him in the... I don't know why they're waiting till dawn to do this. No, they're not just going to shoot him. They've tied him to a hot air balloon, <laughs> and they're going to cut the wires holding down the balloon so he floats up into space. And they'll kill him. Yeah. And uh, one of the gorilla friends comes back and, uh, surprise, it's actually Batman wearing a gorilla costume. One of my yeah. favorite things Batman does throughout the Silver Age is when he takes off a mask and has the Batman cowl on <laughs> yeah. under the mask. Yeah. <laughs> or he wears a hat on top of his Batman mask. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so he goes to, he goes to they, they chop the rope holding the balloon, mm. and Batman goes to, to, after it, but the narration says free the balloons start to rise the ropes trailing like tentacles around batman's shoulders will those ropes cause batman to black out again will he imagine he's in the grip of a tentacle plant so it seems batman sweeps the ropes aside lunges desperately for the fallen axe and hurls it upward is batman wildly battling the tentacles <laughs> of his imaginary world the answer comes in the next instant as it turns out no he was trying to deflate the, the balloon using uh his axe my yep. aim was perfect. Yeah. You see, Robin, in my hallucination, I only imagined you died at dawn. But this was a real dawn, and you faced a real death. Well, the reality of the situation was so terrible, it shocked me right back to normal. PTSD fixed. <laughs> yep, a fitting sign that Batman's crime-fighting career has returned to life. I'm like, no, it hasn't. This guy <laughs> has repeatedly, like, three times in the past three days, like, had hallucinations in the real world. Like, he's experiencing such bad trauma, he almost killed Robin. It's like, you have one instance where he saves Robin, and you're like, all That's right. the thing. It's like, maybe the adrenaline snapped him out of it in this moment to save yeah. Robin. Yeah. But, like, why would this not happen tomorrow again? See, I really love these questions you guys are asking. Yeah. Because that's literally, like, so this issue apparently was, like, pretty popular, like, in the 60s. It was in the Batman's Greatest Stories collection. Yeah, because really? I know, like, when we, when our old co-host Joe uh, interviewed J.M.D. Mateus, he talked about how much this cover, like, like stood out to him as a kid, and Grant Morrison loved this issue as a kid, but the, the like, catalyst, like, the big starting action of Grant Morrison's run is he's taking the assumption that all these old, like, 50s and weird 60s uh, Batman stories are because when he started out, he was constantly gassed and poisoned by people, <laughs> and was inundated with such trauma that 
it just like totally fucked up his wor- his world. Wow. And that he was just a whole bundle of very carefully like stacked like anxieties and PTSD triggers that somebody who uh spoilers, it's the doctor guy from this issue <laughs> comes back and is like, "Oh, I can just knock over the dominoes and completely destroy your entire psyche." Uh-huh. And it also explains and- why that explains why the, the Gorilla Gang was tipped off because he probably was working with the Gorilla Gang. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, so wow. he basically he Morrison asked the same questions you do. We're like, wouldn't Batman be like a completely broken man? And Morrison answers the question, yeah, he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a what a silly issue. <laughs> uh, spoilers, I like this story a lot. You do? I th- yeah, uh, I think uh, it's, it's actually for the time it was made. Like, yeah, if you, uh, right now for modern stories where trauma is a regular thing, mm-hmm. it is obviously bullshit. But a lot of M stories don't bother setting up mystery, don't set, bother setting up like a chain of events or anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's very competently handled. Like, Batman has his hallucinations. Mm-hmm. It keeps the plot going. Um, yeah, it does have nice callbacks to the first part. where Because that's why I was surprised. Where it's like, oh, the tentacles, the yes. big giant, yeah. the yeah, thing everything, with everything, the big eyes. Lot, yeah, a lot of... Like, it's more clever than most stories from this era. And I can yeah. see yeah, why it was, I agree. Put, it was put into the collection for best. And I also like how compartmentalized, like, the two parts are very different tonally. Yes. And, like, uh, and like they do kind of work a little bit, like... On as, their own. Uh, yeah. yeah, on their own. And it's just, I, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, this is the best. But, <laughs> yeah, like, but you have to consider, uh, for me, I'm considering the context of, of it came yeah. in the 50s. Like, you're not going to get Alan Moore in 1950s pulp yeah. fantasy Batman. But I yeah. think this is really quality for uh, that mm. era. Yeah, I agree. And I think that even though, like, the writing's, like, super ridiculous, you do see, like, you see how Finger and Moldoff actually together craft a story where the dialogue and, like, the art isn't just, like, because we've talked a lot about how in Silver Age books sometimes it's just, like, they just say something and that's never shown or anything, but we still see, like, the tentacle parallels, the headline, the headlight parallels. Like, there is actually cohesion between the writer yeah. and the artist. Yeah, the art actually tells a lot of the story. Like, there are, yeah. that is, narration is more needless in here than it is in... Like in, in Stanley's comics, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're skipping ahead to April 1968 uh, with Detective Comics 374. This is by Gardner Fox and Gil Kane. Gil Kane, we have talked about before. He did the Rick Jones Captain Marvel issue with all the big heads and the psychedelic stuff that yeah. we really like. So uh, as we segue to the first page, uh, we talk about how Gil Kane always does crazy eyes, which is perfect because <laughs> yeah. it opens. Wait, this is this is the one for people that don't know. This is the one where Batman stumbles upon Robin in an alley and he's saying, "Oh my God, I killed Robin." Yes. yes. And now, then next first page, crazy guy's eyes. Yes. <laughs> and Gardner Fox is noteworthy because he was like the Silver Age DC artist. He created the Justice League. He created Hal Jordan, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, it starts with these zooms in of these like crazy eyes, as I said. These are the hate-filled eyes of a killer searching the streets of Gotham for prey. And then Robin walks across their gaze. Suddenly, the eyes bulge with the excitement of discovery. And as Robin's <laughs> creeping through this dark alley, the, it's like a POV shot and you just see the guy's hands reach out and grab Robin. Yeah, it looks like hand size because his hands are kind of like flexing and twisting and stuff. And yeah. it's, it's just so funny. Like, the way that's described this guy, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Because it's like, into a dark alleyway stalks the killer. Fingers tensing, opening and closing, itching to be turned loose on their target of homicidal hate. And it's like, this guy's like, has a problem. If, he, yeah. if he's just walking but, around, he's like, I just gotta kill someone. But we were talking about the transition from Bronze Age to Silver Age. Like, this... This is a pretty fucking dark topic because he literally. You just, mean gold? Oh, is this silver? No, this is silver. This is when 
uh, Flash was going through time and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this is when this is what Flash you really answered. While, while you're picking up those books, you'll pick up this story where the first pages is a guy literally be- almost murdering Robin by beating yeah. to death. And the way this is framed is we see like all these close up action shots, and I really like the way Gil Kane lays these out. But yeah. yeah, you have like the hands of grabbing Robin's face. Then Robin ducks out of the way. He punches through this big plank of wood. Then he hits Robin in the face and just keeps hitting them callously, cruelly, pitiless blows storm into the sagging victim. Robin is broken and battered. The blows are withering. And we see Robin flung about like a rag doll by the barrage of fists as he slams through garbage and cats. You know, there's a cat running away mm-hmm. and Robin's just like beaten, battered on the ground. And as you hear Batman go, come on, Robin, I've got them all. The, <laughs> the thug who's doing this runs away and to escape and Batman finds him. And as we saw on the cover, oh, my God, it's all my fault. I killed Robin. Yep. Why does the Cape Crusader blame himself for what happened to the Boy Wonder? What reason could he have for his terrible feeling of guilt? I thought this was going to be more of a setup for like a later payoff. It immediately cuts back to the reason why Batman blames this is because Batman goes, I'll go in the front, Robin. You take the back, as we usually do. And <laughs> yeah. then Batman's just in the front trying to stop this diamond heist or whatever. He remembers that they boarded up the back of the warehouse as a safety measure a week ago. So the gang can't get out there. So Robin didn't need oh, to go out back. Yeah. That's why he yeah, blames so- him. Because he's like, oh, I should have remembered that. So I like this story too, but it's a lot less clever uh, than some of the other ones. Because uh, yeah. this, this this one is just tries to get the cover out of the way. Like, oh yeah, Batman told Robin to go in the back and he was wrong. So he's like, I killed Robin. Oops. Yeah. There's a part of me that likes that though in this era though, because then it's not like like just waiting for the payoff. Like now I'm like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, but like, but like it, it, it doesn't feel like it's doing enough with it. Like, yeah. It, it's like, it, well... When we get to other stories, I feel like they do a lot more of it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, you wonder how you get up to that situation. Whereas here, it's like, okay, uh, Robin almost got killed in an alleyway. Batman feels guilty. But now this becomes, what does he do about it? Yeah, yeah. So now, so now, uh, so, so Batman beats up with the dog inside, and he goes and finds out Robin is uh, dying. Yeah, you can... sent him here on a fool's errand into the waiting jaws of death. Yeah, there's. I really like the narration. It's like I don't. I don't really care about the story. This plot is like pretty dumb overall. But I, <laughs> yeah. it really does. It's so much more evocative than the last issue of like the the pain and anguish that's happening. Like you can really see how Batman. Like this is the start of really twisting his psyche into something like really hateful. Yeah, this is why I was, when that's just this topic, I wasn't that excited for. But you can see really see these issues of transition from uh, Silver Age Batman to Bronze Age. When Bronze yeah. Age is stuff like the John Stewart Green Lantern story, mm. uh, Muhammad Ali versus Superman, where yeah. they're, 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 uh, the stories are getting more uh, serious, more tr- transition mm. to what. Like what Frank Miller and like Al Moore will take advantage of in the eighties, yeah. yeah. where the superheroes are no longer super anymore. They're just yes. heroes with their own problems and psychoses. Yeah. Yes. So Batman realizes Robin's still alive, and he rushes him to the hospital. And he's still like racked over guilt, and he's like, "Pull him through, Doctor. You've got to." And the doctor's like, "Sure, you know, I'll do what I can." And this is when we see Batman now standing in the street. <laughs> Whoever did this to Robin is out there. I'll find him. I'll find him. It's the last last thing I do. And there's lightning behind him, and it's very dramatic. Yep. Yes. And this is I one of the the reason why I like this issue is because then Batman actually does some detective work. He sees a pair of sneakers uh, f- that like make footprints. He sees a bit of corduroy and leather scraped from a jacket on the rough brick wall. Mm. He sees a broken plank that's high up on the boarded window, indicating that he was tall and strong. So he's like, okay, I have to look for a strong, tall man mm. wearing sneakers and a corduroy jacket with leather reinforcements at the elbows. <laughs> it isn't much to go on, but it's enough for me. It's like that uh, scene in Mulan, as everyone I'm sure is thinking. Of. 
of right now, where the Huns are like, white horsehair, imperial stallions, <laughs> pine from the high mountains, sulfur from cannons. That everyone was thinking about that. I was like, exactly. oh, immediately. Yeah. And so here's the problem with a lot of Batman stories from earlier years is they have certain mysteries there's no way the reader can solve like this one where where <laughs> they set up this, this random guy that is just this random guy in the, in the, in the yeah in it's the, not like a villain yeah. the, a pre-established yeah. villain it's like it's literally he goes to a bar and finds the guy with the corduroy uh, yeah. jacket I mean, what's and... great about this mystery too or what's I mean even though this mystery sucks I should say at least they <laughs> only did this in the past uh, and that modern stories like uh, Heroes, in, <laughs> Heroes in Crisis and Identity Crisis they have very you can follow those mysteries and, and kind of like, un- <laughs> like figure out what might happen. They don't just throw random shit at you. DC sucks in general. I really, the more I read, I'm like, you, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it's also nice because this wraps up in one issue, not nine. Yes. Yes. So then Batman finds this guy that fits the exact description and just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm taking you in for assault and maybe for murder. And the guy is like not fighting back at all. And he's like, he's never responding. Like, like, respond. yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm giving you no chance to wail away at me the way you did to Robin. And he's like, I've never even seen Robin. And Batman's like choking him and just beating I have never him. felt such hate for any human being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm caught up in a compulsive vendetta. Yeah. And it's like bizarre. So, and then this part is just so weird because then a bunch of bystanders are like, nice going, Batman. I bet he's got what, what was coming to him. Good riddance to another punk. Like, wow, the people in Gotham are so blinded by their love of Batman. Yeah, if you see Batman beating people up, you're probably like, well, they deserved it. It's like seeing the yeah. cops assault people. You're like, well, what did they do to deserve it? Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that because I always seem to come back to this topic. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I got like you, that. I got you. <laughs> so then he goes to Commissioner Gordon and... Batman's like, I'm pressing charges against him for murdering Robin. And Commissioner Gordon's like, he definitely didn't do it. I was with him when Robin was murdered. This yeah. guy... Boy, he got beaten up, not murdered. <laughs> no, no, he was with the guy... Oh, yeah, when Robin got attempted murder. Yeah, he, murdered. Yeah, like, attempted Robin's murder. not dead, viewers. Yeah. 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 So, it turns out this guy's a professional boxer, and he... Commissioner Gordon, everybody knows Commissioner Gordon loves autographs. <laughs> And so this guy was there to give Commissioner Gordon an autograph. He turns away, signs his book. And so Batman's like, it can't be true. Let me see his autograph. And then he has the guy sign it. They're perfect matches. So it couldn't be him. And now the guy wants to sue Batman for a million dollars for just beating the hell out of him. Assault and battery. And I just assume Batman sues the city for allowing uh, Batman to go around doing stuff like this. And he wants a restraining order to prevent him from attacking innocent people. And while I'm reading this, I'm like, this guy's right. He's my hero. That's how I felt. I'm like, this is actually, this is so interesting because it's, it's a cool comic about how Batman's vengeance blinds him to his duty like i like this idea because in every other comic it's like he just starts beating people up and it's like well they deserved it in the end yeah that's that's not what this comic's about spoilers <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they, they give it away pretty quick i feel like when they say uh i was when commissioner gordon's like i was with him he uh-huh. says i watched him turn to the wall and autograph my fight card i'm like why would you put in that fucking detail that he's not <laughs> i'm like he he did it this motherfucker did it so like even when he's like i'm suing you i'm like he, there's there's something fishy about the alibi already. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I felt I, then I immediately felt so bad for Batman because he visits Robin in the hospital and Robin's like he can't even open his eyes he's all swollen and Robin's like did you get him Batman he's like yes I <laughs> did Robin and he thinks too. I've never lied to Robin before but this time and then the doctor's like you've done Robin more good with those few words than I could with all my medicine he'll be mending rapidly now so good luck catching that bully you know uh, Robin will be able to testify and Batman's like oh God now everybody knows <laughs> yeah, I have Everett's to catch him. fraud. I was on board. I'm like, good, Batman the Fraud exposed. They put in this weird detail where Batman's like, you know, you cared for Robin and took his mask off. It was worth discovering his identity to save his life. And he's like, yeah, but he's just like a kid. The city has 8 million people. I don't know who he but is. Is it going to be in, like, the medical records, his name? Like, doesn't do you have to give him his name? You might not have to if you put, it, you put him as, like, you know, John Smith or whatever. They'll put him as Robert In. <laughs> <laughs> so then batman uses the bat computer and realizes that the boxer has a twin identical brother uh, named Ed. and then this is where i was like all right <laughs> that that was literally caught before yeah and what's crazy is that uh commissioner that gordon, robin had caught him so now we have a motive right. yeah it's crazy that commissioner gordon's like this guy could never have done it batman not thinking yes. about the, his his criminal, his criminal serial twin killer brother. twin brother, right? He's a, he's a he's like a mass murderer or something. Yeah, he didn't look at his fucking record, police record. But yeah, this is this is this is this is, what, this is more like what a, a typical Batman story. Is yeah, like, there's, there's no yeah. way you can figure it out. There's no fucking way. So Batman goes to the twin brother and he's like, uh, "I'm here to charge you with taking your brother's place at the prize fight club earlier tonight." Jim had previously signed a fight card, and when Commissioner Gordon handed you the, his autograph, you turned your back and switched it with the card you had hidden under your robe. And he's like, "How'd you?" know all that he's like i didn't you just told me and like that's such a specific <laughs> thing you fucker <laughs> so no, but, then, but like phil, phil, phil said like that detail that commissioner yeah, Gordon. I, yeah. I think i think it's reasonable he would figure it out and i, I think is that's I, I'm, I think that's a clever thing where but like, i think it's just, more why would commissioner gordon say that okay that's fair yeah but anyway but that commissioner gordon how... let, that, let that weird detail out batman's gonna hang on to it <laughs> so then batman this is how oh batman realizes God. that his brother's an idiot so he knocks him out Puts on his makeup kit and looks just like this guy, so that when his he bro- says oh, now man. to set up the rest of my plan, I've heard him speak, so I can imitate his voice. I'm like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> so then- Batman, Batman always did this. This is like a Batman thing. <laughs> Batman's a level ten assassin from D and D. So then, oh, this is my favorite part though. Batman pretends to be the brother and waits in the apartment for the boxer to come in and is doing the crossword to trigger his the the boxer to come in and say, "You're doing the crossword," but we all know you're an idiot. And then he's like, "You know, you're so dumb that I kept all the evidence that I had that I beat up Robin, and we switched just so I could rub it in your face how much smarter than you I am." And here, look, here's the mask I wore so Robin could, could, uh, couldn't could identify me. And then Batman <laughs> takes off his mask and he's like, I got you. And then they Batman's fight. Also, Batman's so lucky that this guy didn't clear things with his butt beforehand. So he's, he's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? I already told you this already. And he walked off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they have a fight. And I... I don't want to skim through it too fast, but like we kind of have to because not a lot happens. But I really like the way Gilkane does action. Mm-hmm. The bodies guess. are all contorted in weird ways. You yeah. get some really splashy sound effects. Very distinctive. Yeah. Full pages of him smashing through wood. It's it's very cool. And then like the the Captain Marvel. The, the thing about we talked about the Captain Marvel issue where people were too contorted because nothing really happened action wise in that one. It was just like <laughs> Rick Jones like doing a um, hitchhiking something like that here. It works because it's action scenes, very, very uh, fluid action scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have the crazy eyes as much. So this is a much better example of Gil Kane's artwork. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So then he brings in, Batman brings in the two brothers, 
uh, to Commissioner Gordon, and he's like, I have proof. My favorite, and- he brings them in, and <laughs> Gordon's like, that does it, Batman, because he just sees these guys beaten up again. You've carried your <laughs> vengeance campaign against Chimp Condors too you, far. You, you brought around this felon, this literally convicted felon, and this twin brother who, who definitely has no connection to him whatsoever. You, you, outlaw you. But I love the idea of, like, Gordon, he beats the shit out of this guy, and then he brings him in again, beating the shit out of to Gordon. He's like, no, I, he definitely did yeah, it. Yeah, his rage is so strong, he had to beat him up twice. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. He beat him up twice, he made another one of him just so he could beat him up again. <laughs> so uh, then Robin gets out of the hospital, and uh, Batman's like, it's great seeing you like this. And he thinks to himself, the best part of seeing Robin well again is the knowledge that my lie to him turns into the truth. That despite my blinding rage, I made no mistake when I originally hunted <laughs> I down that. and brought in his killer. Yeah. I am completely vindicated. Because <laughs> yeah, so, I beat up a random guy, and he was actually yeah. the killer. So story-wise, I think this is a lot weaker uh, than a lot of other ones. But stylistically, with the narration and the art style, that kind of saves it. Uh, yeah. that, that saves it for me. Hmm. This is the kind of book that like we talk about a lot when we talk about like growing pains for the medium. Like there is a lot in here that I'm like, oh, this would be really good put on something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes, we can see that like Gardner Fox is, is has come a long way since his early Justice League. Like great Scott, let's fight these big tree alien days. Mm-hmm. And Gil Kane's art is starting to really evolve, but like it's still like twin brothers yeah it's like half of it is like this interesting like revenge story batman gets into like the dark gritty stuff you start seeing later but then the other half is a twin brother and perfect voice emulation and when he punches him it goes fazat (laughs) f-z-a-t it's like it's like half defying the the age was made and half completely embodying it yeah absolutely Okay, so here we're at we're skipping to 1968, just a few months later. Detective 381 by Frank Robbins and Bob Brown. Yeah, this is where Batman's throwing Robin off of the lighthouse. And I have a question because yes. at this point, this is a Detective Comics, and the next one we're going to do is a Batman. I'm like, it it blows my mind that these two ran parallel to each other for so long. They still do. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, yeah. Detective Comics. Because <laughs> because uh, people there's demand the demand supply demand. Everyone wants more Batman, more Batman per month. Like they, wow, they, oh. that Batman Batman's that popular? Yeah, Batman. Like if you see the, the sales charts, it's like Batman is like eighty thousand per month, and then number two is like a big event like Heroes in Crisis at fifty thousand. Like Batman, wow. you know, sells everything. Mm-hmm. They literally create the sales index around Batman. Like Batman is like a one point every month oh, so when something yeah. gets like a 1.5 they sold 50 percent yeah, more than, more than batman. Batman. <laughs> wow yeah I, I no so idea. so yeah because it started as detective comics batman was just one of several stories mm-hmm. and then he was popular enough to get his own magazine which was batman which had like five or six batman stories same thing with action comics and superman sensation comics and wonder woman so on and so forth and they just yeah there's just been detective comics and batman ever since yeah so detective comics essentially just became batman yeah. this version yeah. and then there's another because like, like, yeah, one of like, the things i think about is like how do you line this up where it's like if brain uh, brain if bane <laughs> breaks batman's spine does that happen in detective comics yeah well usually well well uh, when during, during that period of the 90s uh they were it was they were like crossing over like part one of bane breaking the bat would be in detective comics part two would oh. be in batman so you were really just getting a batman book twice a month instead of once a yeah month. Mm-hmm. but nowadays they do uh each each writer focus on different thing like they have had a Batman Robin where focus on Batman and his young son being Robin while another mm-hmm. book focused more on Batman just doing stuff on his own as Detective Comics going after uh, the Mad Hatter and we mostly focus on the Mad Hatter in that book so it's like different aspects of Batman's yeah. life and like for, for 
for example, like most recently, Batman was like a very solo focus. Like this is just the just Batman as like the lone, you know, caped crusader figure. And Detective Comics was Batman, Robin, Batgirl. It was like the whole family. Mm. So like if like I much prefer like the supporting cast. So I enjoyed Detective Comics more than Batman, you know, but if you mm. want that like if you want your pure authentic figure. Batman experience. If you want your Tom King, you go to Batman. Mm. Yeah, Tom King's right Batman. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so at this point there wasn't really that much of a difference. It was just like, you know, I think I think it, around this time was Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams Batman, which was solo him more of like the Playboy jet setter and this is like I think Detective had more Robin in it. But, you know, whatever, who knows. All right, so this is called uh one drowned, one more to go. Uh, and I heard you laugh. You like this. <laughs> I love the opening scene of this book. Yeah. And so the opening scene, which I was going to literally read because it's just great. <laughs> it's a dark, murky night on the Gotham City waterfront where Robin is chained up, has cinder blocks chained to him, and is being dragged by a guy in a maroon trench coat. Trench coat. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I hope you appreciate what I'm doing for you, Robin. And he puts it, he says, in you go, and throws him into a boat, sails out to sea... And then we see that the man in the trench coat is Batman, and he's drowning Robin, saying, down you go, Robin. From now on, I work solo. Yeah, he, t- he, ties, he has Robin tied to the uh, chain, which has a cinder block at the end, so Robin's uh, going to drown to death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, drown to death. And uh, then <laughs> and it cuts back. And then so we go, it all began an hour earlier. I didn't realize this whole issue was an hour only. Uh, <laughs> It felt like forever. <laughs> it really did. I and so, Batman's... This is my favorite one. It's my favorite one. Spoilers. My favorite story of all of them. Really? Yes. Easily. Uh, I really like this one too, actually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> out of the out of the set, it's probably my favorite too. But nice. I didn't like any of them that much, so I'm like, yeah, that's what's hard. Is it's like there's no one where I'm like, I will champion this. It's like this one actually, its plot makes like a sense uh, most of our the, 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 the writing the writing is very clever and you have to keep in mind the the era market is catering for like they could just have like batman show up and just punch guys for a few issues and people buy it and i mm-hmm. think frank robbins the writer put some effort into this one yeah yeah okay so he's yeah. flying his helicopter uh completely blacked out to avoid detection by the underworld and of course he's wearing his infrared okay, I have contact one question. lenses <laughs> isn't that really dangerous to fly like a thing around a big city without like letting anyone know you're there definitely like how does he not like get hit by planes well that's uh, everything batman does is, like, he must <laughs> have a detector for them so he can oh, avoid okay. them oh yeah, yeah there's also around the time when you in the tv show where and they had the bath phone, so he probably was, was like always like connected to the police in some way. Oh, okay. So he's of course flying around with his infrared contact lenses because he um, can't see the instruments on his panel device. <laughs> thing. It's so he has dark. To have <laughs> and what he sees actually is that the lighthouse he's flying near has a Morse code signal in the light. Mm-hmm. Infrared, yeah. Yes. And he's like, "Where are they transmitting this to?" And he starts tra- he starts reading the Morse code while he's flying, <laughs> and it says, "Robin knows our secret. Eliminate him." And he's like, "Oh my God, someone's trying to kill Robin." No, no, he's not like, "Oh my God." He says, "Good grief! Orders being given <laughs> someone to someone ashore to kill Robin." But who is that someone? This issue has this conceit that no one has reason to kill Robin. Like. Doesn't he arrest a lot of guys all the time? Okay, I think this is weird, too, because why would you not kill Batman and Robin? Why just Robin? Like, what? But, huh? Robin, Robin's a lot easier to kill, to be fair. To be frank, <laughs> As we see from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so but he, he doesn't he... die. <laughs> he's, he's easier to capture, I guess. If you, had, if you had a choice to kill Batman and Robin, who would you, who'd you go yeah. against? Yeah, maybe I'd kill Robin. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that guy literally just beat him in an alley with his bare hands. Like, like Robin, <laughs> he's a kid. Like, you can beat up a child. Like, <laughs> most people can beat up a child. Uh, anyway, so he calls on his radio, uh, Robin, and Robin's like, I, ha- I have a situation on twenty one, on Pier 21. Please leave me alone. And he's like, this is a direct order. Turn to the back cave immediately. So he drives away. The situation, by the way, is the, the trench uh, guy in the maroon trench coat tossing uh, something over, over, uh, overboard, saying, help, man, overboard. But we can see as the audience that it's a box, and mm-hmm. he's yeah. just trying to lure Robin there. Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, damn, uh, he drove away. I almost had him in point blank rage. He has a gun. And so Batman's like, he's making it he, he home. He goes so gotta... to investigate the lighthouse because he's like, okay, I got to find out what is happening. Who's sending out these He signals. said my old friend, Captain Cyrus Spoom. <laughs> he's an old sea dog that wouldn't let pirates take over any ship he ran. But six months ago, he retired and took up lighthouse keeping. So, you know, he's a tough old coot. So he must be, you know, if, if someone's getting into the lighthouse, there must be a problem. And so he, he comes in. And Cyrus Spoom, I was saying it's Spume, which sounded even, this is like, this is a disgusting name. Cyrus Spoom looks literally like the sea captain from The Simpsons. Uh, yes. Yeah, it looks like. Yes. And he, he's there playing chess and he flips uh, uh, one of his knights and he's like, catch. And he, his, he, says, uh, he says it to a seal, his pet seal. Yeah. And seal goes like, onk, onk, and grabs the knight. I think yeah. you mean coink, coink, <laughs> sound effect. Coink, coink. I thought that he was playing chess with this seal. But he's not. He's playing chess with someone over the radio. Yeah, yeah, right. Like someone out at sea, and the seal is just there hanging out with him playing with the chess pieces. Right. Yes. Which makes it less silly, I guess. Yeah, I know yeah, it does. I mean, silly. people like, people would do, like, mail chess, like, through yes. letters. And so, like... It, the chess part isn't the silly part. It's the seal that hangs out with <laughs> oh, well, oh, the yeah. seal, the right. seal. The seal is a setup and payoff, though. Quonk, quonk. That's true. That's true. And so he's like, uh, what's going on? He's like, everything is, I'm okay. And then he leaves, and then... Batman leaves, and then Batman's like, the only reason he was being so calm and cool and collected is because Spume was under the gun. He's trying <laughs> to protect me. And so he climbs the lighthouse, and in the top, there's two mysterious men talking and saying, we ought to kill Robin or something. Mm. Uh, he, we've had six months of you know clear sailing until he moved in. Now, with him dead, nobody, not even Batman, will get wise to us. And I'm like, why doesn't he jump them here? I like that they're loudly expositing. He'll never figure out who the secret mastermind is behind <laughs> our dastardly plot. Yeah. Well, like, first of all, why, why is he jumping? He, he says, like, he wants to expose the leader before he does yeah. that. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm an idiot. So then... You can't bust the underlings. Gotta go for the head honcho. This issue is airtight. <laughs> and so he gets home and he's like, oh, thank God, Robin, you're okay. And he's like, hey, you have infrared glasses too? And he's like, yeah, uh, this might be the clue. And so it turns out that he was patrolling the waterfront and he busts onto his ship. So to just clarify, Robin had, got uh, glasses from a previous caper and Batman uh, notices he's, he's holding them. Right. And so there's a robbery aboard a ship. Uh, Robin jumps onto the ship, punches people. Not just people. We have Louie. We have Mush. <laughs> everyone's favorite sailors. And... As he's beating them up, it's not Mush; it's Mushface. No, he's, oh, his sorry. name is Mush, and then he calls him Mushface. Oh, is mush a derogatory face. term. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I also want to. I also want to say like uh, this is just a generic fight scene. Like there's actually a sequence to the fight too. Mush oh, comes yeah. out. Mush comes out with a blowtorch, and Robin <laughs> takes an axe and cuts off the blowtorch, and then knocks out Mush. Which, I, which I, you know, you don't have to have things. You just have people punching each other. Yeah. But I appreciate. Oh, I found the pacing and the art in this issue to be really. I actually agree with that. And mm. the guy who goes after him after, like, you see a really good like swing over Robin's head, and then he. It's a really good panel of him like decking this guy in the <laughs> like... stomach and knocking the air out of yeah, his. Yeah. Yeah. So Robin, he tries to hit Robin. Robin ducks, and then the next panel, Robin pushes him in the stomach. 
Mm-hmm. And that's good. when he drops those red uh, infrared goggles. And he's yes. like, so these guys have the infrared goggles. They might have been trying to look for the message, too. Um, and, and the mystery is, uh, the safe they're uh, cra- cracking is empty, clearly empty. So he's like, well, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then Batman gets a call from Police HQ from Robin. Oh, no, for Robin. Yes. Yeah. That Batman's in trouble on Pier 21. And like, okay, this is the setup. Uh, trying to get Robin. I, 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 I want to say this. So Batman's like, I'm going to tell him uh, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Because I don't want anyone else with this murder. Do we, Robin? And Robin's like, hey, you mean you're going to go through all of it? <laughs> then, like, like Batman's actually going to kill Robin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we go to the pier. Batman knocks out the guy in a trench coat. And... Uh, yeah, the, 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 the maroon trench coat named Deadeye. This Ooh. is when we get the classic, what Daryl was talking about before. We have Batman wearing a hat over his cowl. Yep. Yeah. Well, it makes sense here because he has to pretend to be dead eye. Yeah, well, but yeah, it's well, funny it's just, because it's he still could, just so funny. He could take off the stuff because if someone sees under that mask, they'd be like, "Oh, that's clearly Batman." Whereas, like, how many oh, people yeah. might recognize him as Bruce Wayne? Especially because he's fair. still wearing like the blue boots still. But this, but this issue is so airtight. Uh, <laughs> they're so far away; they have to use a telescope to see him. So there's no way they'll notice that detail. Mm. Only the trench coat matters. That maroon trench coat. My favorite. My favorite. This is a slight aside, but there's a Batman story in the '90s called Contagion, and you get a, a whole issue of Batman in a full hazmat suit that has little ears sticking up so that his cow can fit in it. Right. So Batman shoots at Robin like so close and then drags him away uh, and tosses him overboard so that we get the beginning. And he's been been reading the Morse code message. Eliminate Robin. Robin dead. And then he sends back Robin dead verified. Field clear. Proceed. Pier 10. No, that's the that's the code that's coming out from the lighthouse out because they just watched. I thought he was they watched him dump Robin, and oh, then they're they like, watched. "All right, so we're done." Much goddamn Morse code. Do you have to say Robin dead verified? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And so Pier Ten, that would be the Hoogstrom, just in time from Amsterdam, which means diamonds. And so Robin's like almost, he's like, man, if I wasn't such a good escape artist, I, Batman actually would have drowned me. This is what I love about this, that Robin got out, not because the, it's like, oh, it was loose. It's like, I had to literally escape. Like, Batman <laughs> yeah, that, that's a weird part. They're so far away, there's no way they're going to catch up. Like, those chains seem too loose. And then yeah. what's funny too is inside of his belt, he has his like, uh, his air mask. Aqualung. It's yeah. a mini Aqualung. Yeah, yes. that he, he puts on after it. And it's like, I feel like... Whatever, I'm not gonna. This this issue is anyway, airtight. It's too hey, airtight Batman, for me to. Batman is fucking anti anti shark spray. You can have fucking anything. Yo, you can make air. Whatever. Who gives? No, my thing is that he should should have put on the aqua lung first and then escape in the point. next panel, rather yeah. than like he needs to oh, escape. Yeah, yeah. Which if he could, well, he's dead. You don't know how accurate that telescope is. No, like while he's underwater, he could have. If put, it could like, pick up the aqua lung, it could pick up Batman's cowl under his fucking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he tells Robin in the past, don't. Like, just, just swim away and I'll deal with this. Yeah. But he's like, he might need my help, especially because now I can figure out who it is. Because he just, it, like, had an epiphany. And so Batman's watching them on the Probably boat. Probably, like, a near-death experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lack of oxygen. I know who it is. It's Alfred. Batman's watching them load diamonds onto a unmanned drone, like, a unmanned submarine underwater. Mm-hmm. He jumps into the water, latches onto it. And then he pops up, and they were waiting for him. And they're like, you know, we've been watching you this whole trip, you asshole. Which I'm like, <laughs> what an oversight. <laughs> like, and they say, welcome, wet man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great one. He pops up, and they are they have guns trained on him. And they bring him upstairs. I bet you're just dying to meet the chief. You'll get both wishes. Which I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then, who is it? 
Captain Cyrus Spume? <laughs> the same, mate, and still skipper of me Milton Bridge. When I retired and took over this landlocked crow's nest, I had plans. Big plans. So I set up Caper Ship Safe, and mighty profitable it's been too. Right, Albatross? Yerk, yerk. That's the seal. I like, so, so for six months, this guy has been ripping off every ship that comes to this pier. Why would ships still come to this pier? Has he been? Or has he... Oh, yeah. he's, he's been ripping off because he's playing chess as like he's been using long distance chess games to dig info from the operators right. to know yeah. what they're going to be dropping off and stuff. So I was like, OK, this this is pretty good. There's a lot yeah. of like everything's being reasoned out. Airtight. <laughs> I also like how giving him that, that sealed uh, psychic. Um, uh, when, when I first read it, I'm like, this guy's too quirky and yeah. colorful to be a bad guy. So I thought that was a good touch. I like the idea, like the the thing where Batman said that he's probably being held at the gun because that took me off of suspecting. Because yeah. you assume Batman's always going to suspect the murderer. But but I think having the this, this happy seal, even now he's like you're you're clap clapping yeah. while his his guy's planning to murder Batman in front of him. Yep. Uh, I think that's a nice like thematic like oh there's no way this guy this guy's too goofy. That's, yeah, that's that a, a good, good point because at first like looking back at it i was thinking like it's kind of like the scooby-doo problem where in an episode you have you meet one person and then they solve the mystery and of course it's that one person because he's the only yeah, guy what? Yeah. but it, like here making him like campy and have more of a personality definitely does subterfuge a little I, yeah. I hadn't thought of that it's also a bit different too because i feel like when you're reading batman comics the mastermind at least like for when I read Batman comics, I always expect the mastermind behind this to be a character I know from Batman's like mm. repertoire. I, I did too. Some, I uh, did too. Well, you don't know Cyrus Fume, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas here, it's like actually all these issues have all the villains of them are people I've never heard before. But that, that's yeah. one advantage of having a mystery within uh, like a shared uh, sto- like long form story arc because yeah. you can't, it can either be somebody new. Uh, somebody in the story itself, or uh, somebody from a, from a previous story beforehand, yeah. and mm-hmm. it works either way. That's the thing is because, like, most of the memorable Batman stories have villains everybody knows, or they're the first stories, and then they're so memorable that people continue to use those villains that, like, there's so many Batman stories where it's with one-shot guys or, like, especially in detective comics where it's usually more mystery-focused than superhero-focused. Yeah. So as he's he's being held at gunpoint, Batman sneaks to the chessboard, and behind him he's grabbing a knight. And they bring him up to sh- to shoot him up on the top instead of just shooting him here. Shoot him on the lighthouse. Like, you know, it's, it's like every fucking Batman. Like, you gotta beat the match. Not just, it's not just Batman. It's like, you know, James Bond, I'm gonna show you. Yeah, this but taking him up to the top of the lighthouse to shoot him is a lot more straightforward than usual, which is like, tie him to this balloon and yeah. send him off to space. People with grandiose mastermind plans want to see, like, their climax be, like, payoff. I, I can yeah. buy that. Uh, where you're not, yeah. like, you don't want to just shoot him in a closet. Like you want Batman to be taken down anyway. Yeah, and he, and he is going to just shoot him. Like right? it's just like he wants to put him on top of the lighthouse. So he can shoot him off and throw him and have him fall off the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. And so at the top, Batman makes the quip, "Knight to King's Pawn," and throws the knight, and the seal just goes for it because that's what he's <laughs> trained to do. And everyone else is on the stairs, so the seal jumps and knocks everyone down the stairs, so that Batman. Batman starts to run because he's like, these guys have guns. Like, this is Batman's always. This must be always a problem for him. Uh, and so sometimes, someone, other times, we'll see in like the next issue. It's like people point their guns and shoot at him, but they just don't hit. Yeah. Uh, and so a guy does pull a gun on him. He's like, die, Batman. And then he gets clonked in the head with a suction cup. I'm like, wow. <laughs> 
and uh, but not only that, so it's Robin shooting him. <laughs> Robin and then basically uh, a suction grappling hook onto this guy's head. And he starts using his head to climb up the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, think about how much pressure that puts on that guy's neck. Uh, <laughs> and then so he climbs up using this guy's head. And, and I love, I love Batman. It's like Robin. I thought I gave strict orders. Where it's like your whole plan's busted. They knew it was you from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Robin doesn't need to hide to, for them to think he's dead anymore. And now there's still two guys with guns, so they really well, no, should it's lose. The, they recovered because the seal didn't kill them. Yeah. Right. And so they, one is putting a gun at Batman, one's putting a gun at Robin. And so it seems like all hope is lost. But Batman, quicker than a gun can shoot, can <laughs> kick both of them in the head at the same time. But then but then the captain recovers. He says, so I missed Robin, but he's helpless down thar. So, like, yes, Batman, I'll sink you first. And as he points the gun at him, suddenly Spume's own instruments turn against him. It's the high-intensity retina blinding beam swivels round and furls full circle blinds him and he falls off backwards off the lighthouse and then after after this, this <laughs> villain's uh, gruesome death falling off lighthouse, yeah. we get a funny scene as his seal has his hat on and his pipe yeah and looks like looks like we got a new captain for this lighthouse yuck yuck yeah new skipper <laughs> on the bridge it's pretty dark because that's his pet and as he's dying he's the pet's like yeah hat <laughs> I'm like, Batman's, like, no-kill policy is so, like, loose and wiggly. That, that's always been a problem with Batman. Like, it's... Also, for what it's worth, Batman said that he was this guy's friend for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He retired. <laughs> and the first thing he does when he dies is laugh at his seal. <laughs> well, it's, 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 like, it's always a sign of the time. Because back then, every issue has to end with, like, a happy note. Like, Yeah, you can't be like, oh, shit, this guy died. <laughs> yeah, because then it then makes kids feel bad. And then yeah. Like, Batman calls him his old friend at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> the beginning of the issue. Yeah. That, that's also why I didn't suspect him in the beginning, because I'm like, one of Batman's friends, like, if this guy was so trustworthy for so long that Batman trusted him, Master Detective. She's how smart Batman is. Oh, by the way, uh, Alfred was a super villain during this, uh, was it before this, no, it was before this comic. Yeah, Batman was before was this. I don't, Alfred, I don't want to hear about this. I <laughs> Alfred, this. Alfred was a super villain. Alfred was a super villain. I don't want to hear did he do it so that Batman could catch him and feel better about himself? No. There's actually the there's a Neil Gaiman issue. story I, that uh, I know it's after it's at Batman's all... funeral. I feel like you've said this before that yeah. okay, Alfred dressed up like super villains and Batman's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, skipping ahead to 1972, we have Batman 246, still by Frank Robbins. Mm -hmm. This yeah. time, art split between Irv Novick and Dick Dillon. And uh, just to note, uh, this is now uh, talk about transition from Silver Age to Bronze Age. This is now an era where uh, they're trying to move away from the Silver Age, and to do that, they had Robin move away to go to college, become the, the, the Teen Wonder, eventually going on to become a member of Teen Titans exclusively away from uh, Batman. Yeah, and this is now deep in the the Bronze Age of Batman because you have Neil Adams doing covers, who yes. we've you know we've talked about a lot. He did the cover for a lot of our Patreon issues, but also he did the John Stewart Green Lantern issue. He did Batman Odyssey. <laughs> He did uh, Superman Muhammad Ali. He's like the Bronze Age guy. So now, especially when it comes to Batman. So now we're seeing a step up in, I guess, the maturity. So it starts with Batman. He's just swinging around the, the city. And then he notices that the... Well, well first, first you have the splash page where it shows Robin dying in five different ways. Six different ways. <laughs> Including one with like, a question mark on him. This is the cover where Batman walks in and sees Robin's hanging corpse. Yep. And it shows like Robin getting shot with an arrow, Robin being stabbed and thrown off a window, Robin drowning with a safe, attached to a safe, yep. Robin hung, and Robin with an arrow, question mark over his head, Batman saying, no, no, none of this must happen, none. 
So he's swinging <laughs> around town, and then he notices that there's light coming from... A bad signal coming from a, not Christian Gordon's place. Yeah, so he comes back, and he's thinking that is it, uh, is it ruse to lure him to a trap? And as he's climbing up the building, he notices it looks like Robin's up there. And he's like, Robin, what's this all about? Why'd you single me? And he's like, what's with this kid? And he says, good grief, so he knows it's still written by Frank Robbins. <laughs> and then Robin just falls. Uh, no, an arrow flies up below him, hits Robin in hits the Robin chest. Hits Robin in the fucking heart. Yeah, and, yeah. and he dies. <laughs> and he falls <laughs> off. And Batman goes, was nothing I could do to stop it. And then he notices down there, he goes, Dick, are you... Uh, a dummy then it was all a trick for what mad purpose and he sees a note was wrapped on the arrow that shot into robin and says how many ways can a robin die p.s this is only the first tomorrow night at the 11th hour you can witness the next so immediately i was like riddler it's like yeah this is basically a riddler issue but spoilers he's not the riddler <laughs> yeah so which was but in every way this like should be a riddler issue because <laughs> batman goes the next where hmm uh could the second victim be robin or could it still be a dummy he's got to find and out the the clues are always so dumb it's like you got shot with an arrow and it's striped the striped arrow country club yeah hey, hold on you're <laughs> skipping my favorite part <laughs> the, the, the clues the, the clues make sense the problem is there's no setup for them because yeah like, yeah you, 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 so what, the, but before we get to the clues when he first gets this arrow in this note he's swinging around and it says tormented by the harrowing possibility the masked manhunter allows nothing to stand in his way and he crashes <laughs> right. through an arbitrary window he's swinging past swiftly call he grabs their phone calls up state and wakes up this old lady and he's like you're you're the the owner of the boarding house where dick grayson is staying where is he where is he and she's like i don't know like he's a college kid i don't know why you call me in the middle of the night yeah. and then batman that's when he starts thinking and he's like this arrow it must be a clue the striped arrow the striped arrow country club just outside gotham and he leaves a note for the people whose house he just smashed into regret window damage be assured you'll receive payment in tomorrow's mail the, the batman, batman. <laughs> I, I do love that he just breaks into a random person's house and uses their phone. Even though, like, he could just... Oh, that's so Even funny. though he has a bat phone in his Batmobile that he could be... But he could, he could wait. He jumped in his first one that he saw. He's like, I yeah. gotta call So he right goes now. around as... During the day, he goes around as Bruce Wayne to all of, like, Robin's professors. And he's asking them, hey, have you seen them? And his, like, girlfriends and friends... And no one's seen him, so he goes to the Striped Arrow Charity Fund. I don't get this. It, he says, so he goes to the Striped Arrow Charity Fund, and it's the Striped Arrow Charity Fundraising Carnival tonight. And he says, that sign dispels any suspicion that one of the respected club members might be my suspect. Why? Because they have a charity? Yeah, because they're going to a charity. Well, this, so, is, this is back in black and white morals. Okay. <laughs> so the killer is more like... I was confused by that, too. Everyone's awful good in <laughs> Except sure. when they're not. So at the event, it's gather around, gather around for the spectacular 11th hour opener. And that's the prompt that Batman got that that's when Robin's going to die next. And so there's a magician. He puts out a lady, goes into a box. He puts swords in the box. When they open the box, it was Robin inside all along. And he falls over dead with the sword in him. People... So, so it's, it's, that, it's that old like, oh, we're going to like sawing a lady in half. But instead of sawing a lady in half, <laughs> he saws Robin, Robin in half. <laughs> he saws he, yeah, he stabs Robin a bunch of times. And then so Batman jumps down. And he's like, once more, I failed Robin. I love how every time it's Robin in quotations to like link it to the main story where he's like, no, no not robin when he knows it's like most of them are probably dummies it's like this yeah. robin dummy is dumb. Well, he, 
he, he, he, he can assume it. He like he has a quick quotation. Knows he knows it's probably another dummy. Yeah. And so he goes after the killer. It's this guy, like it, magician guy. He throws swords at him. They like he tries to stab him through the cape. And then the guy turns his Batman swords that he picked up into flowers, and then just disappears. And he's like, he says it's a trick sword. Uh, what a, what a, what kind of trick sword? I thought trick swords like were bendy, not they just <laughs> no, turned into flowers. Turned into a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, there's a part of me where I'm like, maybe it's magic. But Batman also never was like surprised. He just says, "Oh, a trick yeah. sword," but not like this sword materialized into a different form. So I'm like, okay, yeah. this has got to be the Riddler doing this. But then I was like, can the Riddler fight? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He, he sees he it's fight. another dummy. And then the the next clue he gets is tomorrow night, 11th hour, the third way. P.S. Who knows? This one may be the real Robin. So it's like, what what clue does he have? So Batman starts thinking, it's like, arrow, could this sword be my clue? Uh, a sword, cape, sword, cape, cape, sword. He, he has me fishing for the right word combo like a fearful idiot. Uh. Wait, fishing. Fear. That's it. Swordfish Pier at Cape Fear. I this, hate that. Must I, be it. Oh, this so is, this is the quality of old school Batman Mint Riddles. Anyway. Because yeah. it's. But the thing is, it's. This is like the Adam West show did this, but as a joke. Like that show is very tongue in cheek and like is obviously stupid, like on purpose to be funny. And here it's like Batman's natural wordplay that leads him to the clues. Yeah. What a stupid thing. It's also this art style isn't like a colorful. Band. Yeah, this exactly. is like this is like trending towards uh, Neil Adams' more darker style. Like. Yeah. And again, the clues not on the piece of paper. He's like, "Oh, uh, this guy fought me with swords. He was wearing a cape. Like I was wearing a cape. I'm I'm fishing for clues. <laughs> I have swords. <laughs> exactly. So it goes to appear. Another dummy Robin drops into the water with a cement block on its feet. And as Batman goes down to like free it, he's using his his laser on it, and it lights up the water. And, and the block says, "Fooled again." Batman will tomorrow night be the real thing and so he swims away without freeing the dummy which was the funniest thing because I'm like what if that was the real Robin he just says is- saw fooled again and he's like ah damn it you got me and she's not the three Robin he yeah. yeah trying to save him from a watery grave a watery grave? grave I wonder is that my clue for tomorrow night the seaman's grave Davy Jones locker but that's just where I came from the bottom of the sea hold it there's another burial place in Gotham for seamen who weren't lost at sea St. Elmo's graveyard St. Elmo patron saint of the sea sure <laughs> yeah so St. Through- Elmo patron saint of the sea water Super Mario Sunshine <laughs> <laughs> Mario like, that's the killer I just uh... <laughs> Phil, are you okay I'm not okay <laughs> All right. So he goes to the cemetery. There's Robin hung again, and there's the there's the cover. Yeah, and Batman's mad. He feels like he's being driven up a wall. Guys, it's hanged. Hung immediately. That Robin's there with a the big dick. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hanged again. And so then a door closes behind him. And he can't get out. And we get even more bullshit of him thinking about I, like. I, I wanted to defend this comic a bit because um, I think I like it overall. Uh, Airtight. Um, <laughs> but because uh, I, I, again, it's, like, it's kind of like the, the beating up story because it is a dark, and interesting subject matter of propelling his events. Mm-hmm. And you can see like uh, Batman is like, oh, why are you tormenting like this? Like this merciless ghoul being driven up the wall, Stonewall can't penetrate. I, I like I like the, the premise and. The progression of the story, even if I don't think... Oh, it's like a guy movie. trying to drive Batman mad yes. by thinking, it's like, yes. is this Robin this time or not? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. I, th- and I, I, think the, I think the art is good, too, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I would like this issue a lot more if they didn't have, like, these clues. If it just really was Batman, like, running in circles, 
Yes, like, that was my I, I think my the clues would be okay if the killer made sense. Again, if you were trying to do the Riddler, trying to make Batman lose his mind, trying to figure out where yeah. Robin is before he does it. But it's not the Riddler. We figure out here, he's like, there's a pattern to his murderous schemings. And we do more like killings in a row, a row of death, death row, like a prison. I, it's like, I'm in a prison. <laughs> and then he takes an anchor. He breaks out of prison. I mean, first he says he's got me so rattled. I forgot my laser beam. How could I be so stupid? No, but then he's like, laser beams filled with salt water. So it's like that didn't even. You can't get out that way, even though he just finds an anchor and breaks out in the next panel. Yeah, a great point. Tension to relieve you automatically. Great. <laughs> yeah. So he starts thinking about death row, murderers who have killed victims by arrow, sword, drowning, hanging. How many jails hold killers like that? So he calls Gotham State after he breaks out. And he's yeah, like, it's the only jail that has five killers that all fit this theme <laughs> that are yeah. all on death row. Yeah. And this guy, the there's the Gotham the is fort- so Fuck. <laughs> That's what I was mad about. About Batman taking time off to do research for NASA. That you have multiple death row inmates in the same city. Yeah. That all like are mass murderers. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you saw the you saw the Dark Knight movies. Batman's Gotham's pretty fucked. That got So he calls the the the, the warden. And he talks about the fifth killer. Everyone else is killed with those, but the fifth killer was released a week ago on inadmissible evidence. I just, I can't imagine someone that's already been sentenced to death, because you have to go through several appeals to get there, and then he's already sentenced to death, and they're like, oh, we just realized none of this evidence is admissible. Yeah, there's like Whoops, the, there's like, you might, you might like lower, I mean, it has happened to people. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's just what a... Yeah, it's, it's a crazy coincidence. But it's guys, it's Emil Revik. Revik, the butcher, the inhuman fiend who chopped up his victims. Uh, it's allegedly Batman. It was inadmissible evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and Revik, Revik, uh, if you want to go, oh, what's this interesting villain? Like, he has a purple mask on. That's it. He's an executioner, basically. Which is like, yeah, and, he doesn't look like an executioner. He looks like Batman without a cow. Yeah, you have no, this he, guy. He, he does have an executioner's cow. Hood. No, executioner's no, right. has no mouthpiece. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, yes, of course, of course, it's him. The mo is the guy who chops up his victims. Of course, he would be continually <laughs> faking murdering dummies, dressed up as a magician that can actually perform <laughs> magic tricks and stuff. This guy that of literally course he learned how to blood. do magic ma- magic tricks on the, the few years, few months or whatever he was free. <laughs> yeah. And no, last week, week, last week, yeah, he was free last. Well, week. he learns all these tricks from his fellow murderers on death row. Apparently, they, they just hang out all the time and are like, "Here's the best." way to kill things guys. with Zor. Apparently he's best friends with fucking Mysterio. <laughs> guys, <laughs> air <Yeah>. tight. <laughs> Chapter 5. How to chop up a rock. So he goes... We're running long. He goes to a wax a wax workers murder museum. It's a bunch of murderers. This, this is shows the psyche of Gotham. Like, they're really like, does. why don't we have a museum of just mass murderers? Yeah, John Dillinger, Jack the Ripper. He goes in there. Oh and then there's a giant like guillotine set up, and that's where Robin's head is in. And then you have this, this Ravik the Executioner. This part's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Why? Because he has Robin in the guillotine, and he's like... So not only... So at this this wax museum, next to this guillotine, there's, uh, like, a statue of a woman holding a guy's head on a platter, mm-hmm. and, like, he's he goes to chop off Robin's head. Yeah, yeah I thought this escalated to. pretty so quickly. So Batman, Batman picks up the platter, and he throws it into the guillotine... And then he fights the executioner. He grabs him. He throws him. Wait, wait. It's weird because you have to establish it. Perfect, uh, establish it. Yeah. He grabs the, the, the hood. Yeah. He starts spinning around by the hood. <laughs> and then it says, but suddenly Ravik's face turned out of the cape from his, his hands as the hood rips in Batman's hands. So he's spinning around like like for no reason. And he spins him 
the hood rips and he falls into but first he says no 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 so i'm like oh this is another accidental bet that batman caused but is it he falls on the scales of like a statue of lady justice and says did justice triumph in these famous crimes yeah, it's deep, it. man. Yeah, airtight. <laughs> I think the platter that he picked up and threw was that was John the Baptist's head. <laughs> <laughs> it saved Robin the Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's that's that issue. It ends with yeah, again we got the levity where he wakes Robin up and he's like, "Wow, that's as close to death as I ever hoped to get you, son." He goes, "Ironic, isn't it, Batman? If I'd been awake through it all, this Robin would have died a thousand deaths." Where it's like he didn't know that he was dying a whole. Bunch of deaths. Yeah, it's a fucking stupid story. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I, I, I like, like the sour. Like, I, I'm sour I, on these I, things. I like to, I like to also, I also like the set pieces. Like, if you, if you like rewrote the story to have a better script, I like that the places, like the, the cemetery, the, yeah, the magician fight, uh, and then the, the final fight, the wax. I think those are all cool set pieces for a story, mm. but uh, this, it also the plot, moves quick. Yeah, it also moves quick. Uh, the, I think the plot is uh, unfortunately really weak. Okay, so last story. So one thing I just want to say: this is now Detective Four Hundred Eight, February nineteen seventy one. It's drawn by Neil Adams, and it's this is the first Batman book written by Len Wein, and it's co-written with Marv Wolfman. But Len Wein actually goes on to like add a lot of stuff to the Batman mythos. He created Lucius Fox. That's something. I wish you guys could see my fucking face right now. (laughs) Len Wein created Wolverine, by the way. Yes, he also created Wolverine. Yes, so uh, it opens with Batman. Uh, he's in this mansion looking for Robin. Robin, and has uh, narration saying, "Here you he's are, Batman." Walking around yelling, "Robin, Robin!" <laughs> Here you are, Batman. It's been almost twenty-four hours since Robin disappeared from Hudson University, and you took the trail—the trail that finally led you to this dusty old mansion on the outskirts of Gotham City, to the Robin, rotting remnant of better times. The only thing that bothers you: this house wasn't here last week. And so, uh, one thing I have about this issue is it sets it up right. You don't have the whole mystery stuff. It sets it up right away. Robin's captured. Batman's in this mystery house. Yeah. What's going on? It's and, also so. way different than the other issues because the narration is someone talking to Batman. Like when it says you in the narration, it's because they're talking to Batman, even though it's like they're not. Yeah, where are you now, Batman? Go ahead. Try to pierce the shrouding darkness. It feels very frame structure like a horror story. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yes. very kind of like gothic because someone's like teasing Batman. Uh, Len Wein also created Swamp Thing. So he's like one of DC's big horror writers at this time. Also, yeah. by saying they're talking to Batman, it's narration boxes. So they're not actually talking. So you can see yeah, like no this guy's talking. like obsessed with Batman as he's thinking this through his head. The writing is talking to Batman. Yes. Uh, like, like, Robin shows up and the narration says, but something's not right, Batman. You move hesitantly towards the dripping figure. And Batman goes to it. Now it's an image on the cover where Robin starts melting to dust. And uh, Batman's holding his uh, freight ashes. I'm assuming uh, Neil Adams drew this and it was so good. They just literally used this panel, these panels <laughs> for the cover. Yeah. It, it's really great art. So Neil Adams goes to check. Uh, he hears screeching. Neil Adams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman hears screeching. And he goes to I check see it out. you, Neil Adams, <laughs> going through this house. <laughs> Do you hear it? That terrified, pleading scream. It's coming from upstairs. Hurry, Batman, hurry! That's right, behind the door, open it! And thousands of bats pour from the door. And Batman tries to go through and sees uh, a gramophone is making the sounds of screaming. All of a sudden, a uh, shot rings out, breaks the gramophone in his hand. And uh, he's, whoever, whoever fired the shot starts running away. There he is, Batman. Don't know what's got killed you. Don't let him get away. Follow him! Follow him! Follow yeah, him! you get like text floating over the guy as he's running. So it's like this very like almost like a dreamlike sequence of events in this issue, whereas he's like following him, he falls down. Watch out! He's trying to kill you. Don't give yeah. him a chance. As Batman ducks as he fire, the man fires his gun, and uh, finally uh, he catches up to him. But when he, when he tries to grab him, his hand goes right through the man. And but when he, when he turns around to see who it is, 
He sees Robin. Farewell, Batman. It's been a pleasure <laughs> doing business with you. <laughs> As Bob starts firing his gun at Batman. And then Batman falls like backwards through a false door. He... And he ends up at his own funeral. Yeah, and there's lots of little things. Like Batman reaches for a flashlight. He only Like his flashlight. He only finds matches. Like there's just little things that... Batman keeps having his expectations subverted, so it just yeah. adds this level of like manipulation and creepiness. Yeah, and it's pitch black here, but it is Batman's funeral as Batman walks in holding the mesh. And all his friends are just dumping on him. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole Justice League being like, he was truly a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, Commissioner Gordon's like, I worked with him, I learned from him, I called my friend. But it wasn't true, he's a fraud, a hypocrite, a disgrace to the law, he's about to uphold. And Superman's like, you're right, the Superman-Batman team. Ha, what a joke. I did all the work, and the Cape Comment took all the credit. And Batman's like, this is, this is not real. Fuck you guys. And Robin's <laughs> like, he locked me away. Never let me share the spotlight. That's why I left him. I hated him. <laughs> My favorite is the whole time, too. He's like, this is just a dream. I just need to ignore this. And then Robin's like, he's dead. I'm going to reveal his secret identity. And Batman goes, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably it's just instinct. <laughs> yeah, and then the match, the match dies out before we can see more. And then we like a new one. Everyone's gone. He's like, who did this? The Joker, the Riddler, Catwoman? What iconic villain made this plot up? <laughs> I Robin. assumed it was like Scarecrow or something. Like, yeah, it, fear gas. It, it like fits his fears. MO. Like the Riddler fit the last one, right? Yeah. Too bad it's not. <laughs> it's somebody much more questionable. Uh, but as the walls start closing in on Batman, and he's like, the walls are closing in. And it turns out he's not the walls aren't closing in. He's actually in a, a, tu- a, a suction tube. Like, uh, I don't know to compare it to besides... Oh, my God. Simpsons. And then this issue really just... I don't know. What would you compare this to besides that, 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 the Simpsons tube that sucks everyone to Bangladesh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tube. He's in, like, it's a... Just, it's like a pneumatic tube or yeah. something. Yeah, so... And he gets sucked into a laboratory, and she's out to be at the iconic... Dr. Sinsen, the master of illusion. Now, the I... thing about Dr. Sinsen is I don't know who this guy is. This is only his se- this is only his second appearance, and it's the first time he'd been seen in five years. Wow. Why the fuck? Why is he in this? And then I think he shows up in one more, like, miniseries later on just to die. Why is, why, why is he here? That's Who's a deep pull. I, I, I looked up a little bit on him, by the way. So he's, he's a Fu Manchu uh, villain, like what you imagine by his son's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very much a product of his time. Uh, there's a lot of Fu Manchu villains around during the Bronze Age. And apparently later on they revealed he was not actually an Asian man. He was really racist, a racist white guy who pretended to be Asian to <laughs> sort of people off the trail. Is that better or worse, do you think? God damn, I don't know. It's, it's Is hard it either care. an offensive stereotype or a yellow face? I don't know. Both are pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it turns out it's all set up. And uh, the League of Assassins were trying to kill Batman, so they hired Dr. Sinsen. And he has a, another tube where Robin shows up saying, I got Robin, now I got you. Now beg for your life before I kill you all, and I'll let Robin live. And you're, how you're is he going to kill them? He's going to he put them in the human accelerators where they'll continue to bounce until the count 100. And then a bomb placed at the bottom of the tube will explode, blasting you both. And all he wants, Zinzin, all he wants from Batman is for him to beg for Robin's life and he might spare him. Yeah, but then Batman's like, fuck you, I'm just gonna bounce more. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna, he uses his momentum to bounce himself to 100 faster than Robin will bounce to 100, so his yeah. tube will be the one to explode. Yeah. Yeah, and then this this is a very Bronze Age Batman thing where this is like, how? He's dead, aha, I got him. But Batman's like, no, actually, on the last bounce, I hung to the top, and then he dropped my bat bell down, and that counts as last bounce, and now it exploded, I'm fine, got you. I love how he's he was bouncing before, while he was explaining the speech, but he was already counting in his head, like, I know how many Bounces, I've done, <laughs> <Yeah. you idiot. laughs> this is this is how this is very common in Bronze Age Batman. This is the one story where uh, 
they have, they have ways to a mystery and then it's like off panel I saw a bunch of footprints and those footprints let me to you <laughs> yeah. and that's how I got you and I'm like okay great it's also so there. dumb that he, <laughs> he just wants to bounce him a hundred times before he kills him <laughs> like it's not even hurting him it's just bouncing him and then he sends in the deadly dozen 12 just guys with like vests and no like guns. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> and they I, just... think supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be Asians. You know, Asians only. Oh, right. martial, the martial arts. artists. Yeah. yeah Goddamn. Okay. But Batman's the best martial artist. He beats them all up. Yeah. Uh, then a few of them cap- finally <laughs> capture Batman. They're literally drawn in yellow face, by the way, if you notice. Some of them are yeah. literally have yellow faces. Yeah. So, uh, so then they, they grab Batman. And, and for my shoes, like uh, I just, I guess I just fucking use a gun. No more traps, no illusions. I will end it here quickly with a bullet. But then, um, Robin just punches him in the back of the head. Yeah, and then it's, so then Batman's like, "I saw you recovering, Batman." And I was waiting the, for this. This is my favorite part. They capture uh, Zinzin, and they're 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 escorting him outside, like handcuffed, and they hear laughing from behind, and they turn around, and Zinzin's in the window, and they're like, "But he's here in our arms." And then they're like, "What the fuck? He's not in our arms." They turn around. There's just like handcuffs sitting on the street. He's like, "He got away," and then the house explodes. <laughs> yes, the ground trembles beneath your feet, Batman. The dark, cold old house begins to quiver. Interval explosions erupt throughout an eroding edifice. They collapse into a paroxysm of heat and flame, and that this is the first time the narration came back after all the fucking laboratory bullshit. And so that kind of sums up my thoughts. Whenever the narration is here, this issue is good. Yeah. Whenever it's gone, this issue sucks. Yeah, it yeah. sucks bad. Otherwise, so <laughs> we ran long. So let's make the end quick. What was uh, Sly? What was your favorite of the five? Uh, the fucking lighthouse one, easily. You guys too. Same. Yeah, I, I would probably say so. I I feel like I had the most. The thing is like. When you look at the stuff like the Zinzin, the Zinzin really didn't work because there was almost nothing leading up to it or building up, like to- looping it yeah. around or making it interesting. Where it's like, okay, you have a, a, this is another tormenting Batman story over the death of Robin type of deal, and we've read a lot of those right now. But it's like it didn't go anywhere interesting. The first half of it is just like torment Batman, and then it's like, okay, now I'll just put you in a tube and blow you up. It's like there's no wh- why torment him. Uh, it felt like they came up with the premise because the first parts are interesting because it's pretty much set up like Batman in a horror story this haunted house that's showing him all these visions and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I feel like Lenny didn't know how to end it so he's like I guess fucking Sin Sin Master of Illusions got it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite's actually Robin Dies at Dawn just cause I find it to be I think it uses the premise in the most interesting ways and I feel like it had more like it carried a little bit more than the other ones did with that's, the other what, that's, ones. My, that's my second favorite to be honest yeah. but they, they're all fun but like they're also like I, they show I, the flaws I, of their time and yeah, yeah, some they're all very writing. much of the time. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, anybody have any final thoughts about all these Robin deaths? Uh, it's a dumb way to get people to read comics, but it does work. Yeah, this <laughs> this episode made me like just hate comics way more than I ever. <laughs> For some reason, I just I, I got really like upset by the fact that they kept killing Robin, but he was never dead. <laughs> <laughs> I want Robin dead. <laughs> We fucking already saw that, but Death of the Family, you got your wish. I know, that was the best Robin death we saw, because <laughs> it was real. Yeah. So, okay, I do have a big network announcement, now that we're moving into network talk. We have a new show on the network. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, I would, they, they just joined, just a few days ago, I would like to welcome The Losers, which is a hey, show that's by, rude. Well... We already had a show. <laughs> So, The Losers is hosted by Wendy and Shay, and they take a 
randomly chosen Oscar, not just like best picture, but any Oscar, like best supporting actor, best, you know, costume design, stuff like that. And they take the winner and compare it to one loser. They watch both movies and then talk about it. And it's not just like dumping on the best picture at all. Like they decide, is it a valid win or did it win because of like some politics or whatever? Mm. And I don't care about the Oscars at all, but I've, I've really, I'm about halfway through caught up with the show and I really like it so far. And like, for example, like the first episode, they do Adrian Brody versus Daniel Day Lewis. And like Adrian Brody's uh, speech has like some really weird things that don't hold up super well about like after like me too. And he like basically, forces Halle Berry to make out with him on stage and like stuff like that. That's weird. And you know, so they talk a lot about the context of the awards throughout history. Cause some of them are really old. Some of them are new Re- and they're also really, really funny. So that helps. Cause normally I find movie analysis to be very boring, but I really love the show. So check out the losers at flyingmachine.network and all the other shows too. And the Patreon, we mentioned it a bunch this time. Cause these are very Patreon similar episodes. Go to patreon.com slash flying machine and you'll have bonuses from all the shows. So yeah. Anybody have anything you want to plug? Daryl and Sly, you have a new DM at all if you go on YouTube. Oh yes, uh, we had uh, we just released The Village of Hamid to set up for our new video series on the Temple of Elemental Evil, one of the most famous D&D super adventures of all time. Uh, so check out part one, and then hopefully part two and three when they come out. Cool. That's YouTube.com slash DM at all, right? Yes. Cool. That's all I have. So thank you all for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been turning to dust. I've been that voice has been yelling, hurry, Batman, hurry! I've been, uh... Wait, I'm next. You're next. (laughs) (laughs) I've been next. (laughs) Uh. And I've been one of the Gorilla Gang members. Somebody just, I've been Dead Robin, I don't know. Dead Robin, yum. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine!